0: Welcome to the Found Cause. We found our cause in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Michael, the man behind the machine. And to my virtual front on my left, it's none other than my normal co-host, Sebastian, the bookkeeper. And virtually to my virtual right, and my non-normal co-host, it's
1: <laughs> Theodore under the PC, Person of Christ.
0: Now today's especially not normal. Not only because we're all digital again. I don't know why we're all digital. Whatever. It's just a uh, modern it convenience of the modern age. We're not scared of the roony or whatever. But. Today we have a special episode because we've seen some Sebastian-hosted episodes, of course we've seen Michael-hosted episodes, but we've rarely seen, especially in the past like 80 episodes or something like that since you were a regular co-host Theodore, uh, a Theodore-hosted episode. But today is a day where we've got a story time, it's an explanation and dissection of the life of a particular martyr in the communist country of Moldavia. So we will be talking about this particular martyr today, examining his story and how it not only applies to his story at his time and praising God for the providence that he gave in this martyr's life, but also examining how it could be applied to our lives and how we think about government in the United States today and in our personal lives and how we apply his theology and other things like that that are honoring to God and to grow after a hearing about a story of a fellow believer that God wrote. So without further ado, this is really a child of your... Endeavor, Theodore, so I'm going to hand it over to you to talk about this martyr.
1: All right. So, assuming I can keep this to not too long, I'll be reading a whole bunch of excerpts, and then you guys can jump in and whatever.
0: So, you're basing this off of a biography, I'm assuming, (laughs) or some sort of account?
1: Uh, Yeah. It's not a biography. Um, It's by Myrna Reed Grant. Um, it's basically a 150 page story of Vanya's story. And then there's an additional 50 pages of like extra evidence, like letters. He wrote transcripts of recordings that he has, um, testimonies and letters of people in the army that he impacted. Okay. Um, everything like that.
0: So, start us off at the very beginning. Who is this guy? Where is he? When does this take place?
1: All that. This is Vanya, um, the nickname of his real name, Ivan uh, Um, He was 20 years old um, as a Christian martyr in Moldavia. So, he died at 20. Um, right. And he joined the Red Army from what i believe to be his choice um as he felt god was calling him to do that hmm. um and the red army is the soviet communist army
0: and it should be explained and... moldavia is an eastern european country very poor and it's um it was under the iron curtain under the soviet union after world war ii
1: mm-hmm. and what uh, what else <laughs> Uh,
0: you can jump right in. So More backstory or not. Setting the stage, um, he is in a communist country that said communism forced on it. It's a poor country. Um, not, it didn't used to be historically, but communism definitely prolonged in the suffering of Moldavia. And he is a martyr, so you know how the story ends. He ends up being a Christian at some point and dying for the faith because that's the definition of a martyr. And he died at 20, so a pretty young age. So uh, he must be decently accomplished if by 20 we know about him uh, and his martyrdom now i was going to ask what year was was he 19...
1: converted and also oh um at age 16 he it says he per, uh, he decided to personally commit his life to jesus christ and read the bible daily um so at age 16 that was 1968 and then in 1972 he was murdered
0: okay so this is still the height of the cold war lots of tension and the communism was very strong at the time
1: so i made note of a whole bunch of excerpts and uh kind of a little guideline that i quickly cooked up um first would be uh mentioning stuff about atheism and communism and the state in soviet russia and then challenges and encouragements to Christians based on all these are based on things in the book. And I added a few verses of scripture to go with a few of them. Then there's applications, um, miracles, and then the impact that his story has had. And we will see like we had in a uh, uh, podcast one or two or three weeks ago, how his death possibly did more or brought more people to christ mm-hmm. and his life
0: you're referring to the cosmic skeptic reaction video episode yeah where he was right. postulating that death or suffering could never be uh, or often does not have a meaning to it and we can't ascribe meaning to it but here's definitely a time where death had impact so i'm excited to hear it
1: all right so the book starts off um with a quote um from the gulag archipelago uh please uh pardon me if I pronounce anything wrong, as I certainly will, at at least one point. Um by Alexander Solsenitsyn. Says in keeping silent about evil, burying it deep within us, so that it appears nowhere on the surface, we are implanting it, and it will rise up a thousandfold in the future. Page twenty-three there's a quote that um there's a conversation. That was within Vanya's family, um, and love was mentioned, and one of his brothers, who was in like the the precursor to the communist army, because they have different levels of basically indoctrination and um, teaching, and to basically prime people for Soviet doctrine and the army, um, and. So his brother was saying, "Love is a bio- biological reaction. Everybody knows that. God is love. How can a God who is supposedly spirit have biological reactions?" So, <laughs> just based on that, you can see how powerful um, the communist, mm-hmm. the Soviet communist, yeah, mindset is there.
0: And that's not even just Soviet communist. Um, right by default, that's just secularism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could have the same thing yeah. today. Here in the US.
1: Right. Um, Then page 35. uh, I believe this is one of um, his commanders when he's in the army. Uh, The person says, It has been scientifically proven that God does not exist. Our Soviet scientists have studied this question thoroughly and they have verified the teaching of teachings of scientific communism that there is no god the idea of god was invented by early man to explain economic conditions that could not be understood in primitive times i mean it is kind of next one
0: it is pretty funny to me just to comment there that the uh, the soviet institutions uh, much like any other institution that rejects god was so proud of itself when we know in hindsight that the Soviet institution completely collapsed and was um, faulty to the core and devastated, you know, more people than any other regime in history. Um, arguably, there's some other like ancient regimes that did more percentage-wise, but certainly numerically, the communist regime killed more people and hurt more people than um, any in human history, and so. Funny to me, and I think and ironic in hindsight, that the they're so sure of their own scientists and of their own goodness, and that primitive man um, had to use religious explanations for their economic conditions, but the modern Soviet man equally had to use strange religious um, terminology when referring to their modern economies and explaining why their economies are so much worse than the West. Um, but that's really a political conversation, so I'll let you keep going. <laughs>
1: And then page 41. Um, it says the decree of Lenin point five gave members of cults free celebration of religious rights, but not the right to propagate religion, which infringed upon the freedom of other citizens. <laughs> I find that kind of funny. Um, because obviously it says cults, as in basically any religion mm-hmm. is what they're referring to. And it gives them the right to free celebration, but not to propagate religion. Um, And the problem is uh, their definition of propagate religion is so loose that it even applied to people coming to Vanya to ask him about his religion. Um, Or if Vanya testified to a miracle or an angelic vision that he had that was propagating his religion so basically you can only celebrate freely if you do it in your own head or in like a closed church maybe where nobody else can see or hear that
0: yeah and i think that's the danger yes the the privatization of religion is a pretty famous decree of lemon in there too um because many modern day people even christians would submit that as long as the state's not restricting christianity say um Then we we go along with it, right? And then equally, um, well, if the state restricts Christianity in a way that it's restricting everything else, then it must be fine. But um, so this this decree of Lenin, doesn't just apply to Christianity, it applies to all cults. But we would say we reject what the state has to say if it goes against what God has to say. And God does not say that we should keep our faith silent. So even when we might... I submit to the state on a lot of things. When the state says you cannot propagate religion, I don't care what other stipulations they give you. Oh, you can worship in your own home. Oh, you just have to, cl- to close the shutters. Or, oh, you can have a church, but it must be closed, and you can't be adding membership. Um, I don't care what restrictions they give. They're restricting a command of God, which is to go forth and make disciples of all the nations. So they're against God right there. And I think that's whoever you are, however you take the state, and however you take um, its mission and its sphere of authority, it does not have sphere of authority over what you do with um, the message of the gospel, and we refute the state and and even in this country, if the United States were ever to prevent you from meeting in church or propagating your religion, we should be called to um, resist them.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, I'll read a whole page here. Pages aren't too long, though. So this is page one twenty five. This is, and the store, the story itself goes from uh, page one to one fifty. So this is near the end. And Vanya was sent on leave, sent home on leave because he was there for a year, and then they get um, like eight days back at home, and then they come back and then one of the guys who was plotting against him actually really the main guy who is plotting against him who ultimately uh, brought forth his death um says about vanya his absence uh, when he was sent to give me a needed respite i have planned a stratagem uh with the utmost of precision and then he's speaking to his wife a stratagem galina uh, his wife moved toward the steaming kettle mechanically poured the boiling water into the small uh, samovar that had been a wedding present years ago how much they both had changed malson this is the guy who's plotting against Banya, and galina's husband pushed the packages aside to put down the cup of coffee and uh, or cup of tea his wife handed him of course this has been on your mind galena making you nervous it has been hanging over our head for months how do you think i know you haven't slept well i haven't slept it is a miracle that i haven't had to give an explanation to the special Del that's another name for the kgb um it's a miracle i haven't had to give an explanation to the KGB before this for the irregularities up to, up till now. There seems to be no end of the tricks of this Rasputin with the innocent face um, can pull out of his bag. His wife's cup remained invisible behind the groceries. A miracle, she repeated, malson became irritated at the disagreeable way she was staring at him repeating his words i understand that the communist party does not believe in miracles you have a strange vocabulary i'm trying to and then malson responded i'm trying to remember that you two have been under the strain of this i came home to tell you that the difficulties with moiseev will soon be resolved i've taken decisive action this morning he returned to kirch Already he has been arrested. I assumed that it might put your mind at ease to know that together with the security agent or the KGB, a procedure has been established and has been fully, uh, and he has been formally arrested. I don't know how, um, and then his wife responds. I don't want to know the procedure. I don't know. I don't want to know about Moiseyev. I've told you many times not to talk about him to me and then here is the commentary um, that I found really interesting it was difficult not to despise the incredible weakness in women even today there were very few women who had achieved the socialist ideal of objectivity uh, necessary for full liberation (laughs) Malsin had once hoped Galena was such a woman
0: that was just an explanation of a uh, look in sight to how the communist regime changes a man's mind. So Malcina was, or Malson, sorry, Malson was angry with <laughs> Galina that she wasn't happy about the arrest of um, the martyr.
1: Right. He was unhappy that she had feelings and that she didn't really want to hear about the specific plans to kill a mm-hmm. human, an innocent guy. Um and then page 138 getting even closer to the end um it was unfortunate of course that severe measures had to be taken but keeping the end in view the cleansing of men's minds the building of pure socialism there were times when these procedures were required and the kgb were experts (laughs) so that is pretty creepy
0: the kgb being of course the secret police that went and murdered or kidnapped or otherwise harmed the citizens that were against the socialist regime. Mm
2: -hmm. They had their hands busy at this time because in the time period, Nikita Khrushchev, a very uh, outgoing communist, eccentric, that would be the word to describe uh, Khrushchev at the time. He tried to revive the anti-religious persecutions that Lenin, you know, and Stalin had kind of calmed down a little bit, but then my real que- my, my question here is where, where is the Orthodox Church? What are they doing? Aren't, aren't they the true faith, the true beacon of Christ,
0: upholding the, tr- upholding the truth? Mm-hmm. And in case you're not familiar, again, this part of the world, Eastern Europe, was heavily state- religion before communism took over and the state religion uh, enforced usually by universal mandate was eastern orthodoxy very little protestant um denominations in eastern europe some exceptions like the mennonites and some other movements that were there and of course the jewish population there was was of notable size um, but the pogroms prior to world war one that pushed out a lot of the jews and then the purging of the communists that also pushed out jews and christians alike um left what used to be the structure of society over in that end and that is the um, eastern orthodox church in shambles and you wonder maybe sebastian you can give us some insight as to why the eastern orthodox church was not a bulwark against the state for the most part in Moldavia, nor in soviet russia yeah during
2: the takeover of lenin and eventually with stalin too a lot of the churchmen were either imprisoned and or executed Mm-hmm. And by the time of Khrushchev in the sixties, they are pretty much in a very comparatively. They were the hierarchy, the, the high ups, the higher ups were similar to what the church in China is today. Which you know, there's no persecution here. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, fine. Course,
0: there's a state church as well that's allowed. It's an illegal. It is a legal church, just like there are two legal church branches in China, but they have non-Christian restrictions on them that no Christian should submit to.
2: Yes. So for, for the time, yes, we're there, what the Orthodox would call true believers hiding out there, having secret meetings, teaching the kids about orthodoxy. Yes. But most of the church was like, I see no persecution here. This is fine. We're fine. You know, you may blast religion and say we're fools, but it's okay. So a lot of the hierarchy was of that mindset. They really were not giving any pushback at all. It was mostly Protestants, Baptists, and Lutherans, Baptists like Vanya here, that had secret underground meetings and were actually putting effort to either meet as a congregation or teach the next generation about Christ. And you know, pass on pass on the torch, so to say. Eastern Church, as you know, but we're going on another episode, another passion project of mine, they're, they're called Caesar called Papists, in which, you know, there's a strong union between the church and the state. We saw in the Byzantine Empire, the emperor appointed their pope, the Patriarch of Constantinople, whereas in Western Europe, we saw the popes appointing kings, kind of the, the opposite of that. So they're very, they're pretty... Pretty submissive in that sense, especially during that time period, there were not, there wasn't that much of a strong pushback against communism by during World War Two, or even uh, after, after, especially during the persecutions.
0: And that should be a warning to all of us, right? The obvious application there is that if you wed yourself as a church, so whether you're a small town church leader and you're deciding how you approach government mandates in the United States today, and it's not just coronavirus, it's kind of anything that comes down, um, how do you approach state things, state, state um, focuses, state campaigns of um, social reform or whatever it is, uh, the Orthodox Church in the east had always wed itself to the state whatever the state said the orthodox church went along with it um, they might have quoted romans 13 they might have quoted uh, first peter and the, the things that people were quoting today in coronavirus again not to make this hyper political because it is a different conversation about coronavirus than it is about communism but uh, nonetheless they might have made excuses for um, making compromises on god's commands so that they could stay in the good graces of the state so when the state turned communist um, the faithful Christians, some of the faithful Christians were executed and persecuted, like you said, by the communist regime, but others, um, quote unquote, faithful Christians, leaders of the Orthodox Church decided, oh, yeah, all well, the state has said that this is the way it's going to be. And so we're supposed to listen to the state. And not only do I want to keep my job and keep my life, I also don't think it's that big of a compromise for Christianity. Um, and so they went along with it abandoning propagation of the gospel of course abandoning the great commission and abandoning the gospel itself maybe they never had it probably didn't ever have it knowing the eastern orthodox church but it was essentially a dead state wedded church um, for a while and communism just put the nail in the coffin of it being even a um, popular state church exactly so with all that background, Theodore, we've got the background of communist Moldavia. We, you gave us some flavor on like the characters that are in Vanya's life, like this guy that's persecuting him and the state imperatives like the decree of Lenin and not being able to publicly espouse your religion. Can you get into some of the specific details of Vanya, like who he was, how he came to Christ and some of the challenges that he went through in his life some of his big moments?
1: Uh, I don't know how he came to Christ so uh, I can't comment on that Christ said
0: 15 (laughs) or something I think he said
1: Right Uh, I think just with his family because I believe he was raised Baptist or right Yeah
2: Yeah, it was an underground Uh, Baptist church and his family was involved in that
1: Yeah Um, And then I just had one more um, note for the section Atheism Communism and that's Page 45 and the backstory for this is that after, um, Vanya was brought into the KGB's soundproof room and murdered basically, um, they sent his body back to his family, um, in a casket. The casket was welded shut. They said they basically told his family that he drowned <laughs> or quote mechanical asphyxiation. Um, and his family said, well, we're going to have to open up the casket. Um, so they pried it open and saw, I can show you a photo, but I don't
0: need to see. Maybe photo, I shouldn't. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, his body was bruised and battered and, uh, <laughs> various methods. Um, so kind of yes, He
0: was murdered by the KGB
1: right and so then uh, page 145 they were talking about uh writing a petition um because quote his son's corpse did not correspond with the death surface cerf- death certificate of mechanical asphyxiation that the officer Plotinov had delivered so they're going to write a petition about that um and then the quote is but who would dare to believe it even if it were signed by all Moldavia Um, and elsewhere in the book it said like the KGB and people of that um, caliber were basically above the law so couldn't really do anything about that
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and should I go on to the challenges, encouragements section? Yes, please do okay we'll start so page five <laughs> go back um there oh this was in the foreword. so this basically just uh, hit me um one of the guys related or part of uh vanya's church said and i've asked myself if i should be arrested on account of my faith sufficient evidence against me be put forward to convict me so that really mm-hmm. convicts us all to actually live
0: yeah it's a, it's a classic um, line right even in the US people say that all the time if you were charged right now would you be able to be convicted as a Christian um, so there he is actually under threat of being convicted as a Christian right in, in Soviet Moldavia
1: page 25 It says there is a sureness about Vanya that didn't belong to his 18 years. She, um, is talking about his mother. She had seen it in the brothers who returned from terms in labor camps. They had faced the worst and found it to be endurable. It was as if camp were still within them and they moved in a way different from other men. There was a common saying that the only place to be free is in prison. Because everything has already been lost, yet Vanya had this freedom. Um, page one twenty-two. These things. Um, Vanya was talking with his parents after uh, his after he was about to go. Well, he was about to go back um, to the army, and conversing with his parents he said these things are in the hands of god you must pray yes but we may not choose for ourselves what is to be what god wills shall be our concern is only to be worthy of him and got any comments on that
0: well right, he's submitting it. himself to god's will which i think is a pretty classic martyr Attitude, God gives you a particular peace like you described in the page 25 example. There's a sureness about Vanya um, like those people who come out of labor camps, right? When you go through something hard or God gives you a supernatural um, gifting of peace, it is supernatural and different than normal and usually comes through suffering, although maybe Vanya only received at the end of his life. Um, He was so young that it's hard to accomplish that kind of peace just by yourself with the flesh. I don't think it's possible even at age 80, but... This is clearly a gifted man, or at least reportedly a gifted man, who was submitting himself to God's will. Yeah, we, These things, talking about going to the army and possibly dying, are in the hands of God. So we can pray, but ultimately it's not for ourselves what we're going to choose, what God's will shall be. Right. So our concern is only to worthy of him, which I, I think we all should agree to that. And that is that whatever God's will is, because it's God and we love him, we should submit to his will. So whether that's that we get martyred, Vanya of course got martyred, um, or that we live to see another day. It's good, whatever it is.
1: Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, basically the basis of his persecution was that he was openly letting people know that like, an angel spoke to him or this miracle occurred. And some of these miracles, which I'll go on to, are extremely obvious, um, that even the doctors were converted people who opposed him changed their minds um his superiors as well um page 127 which is not too far away from his death um the author writes all along it had not been death he he had feared but the possibility of denying christ denying the angelic visions the healing of his body the love of god that had many times literally filled his body with life-giving heat. He was unsure what might be done to a man behind the closed doors of special cells to make him recant, blaspheme, embrace all that he abhorred. It was his own weakness that he feared. Oh, well, I was gonna go on to Matthew ten twenty-eight, 28, uh, which says, do not fear those who can kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell and then page 30 uh, 135 for 10 days ivan endured agony at the end deliriously praying for death and the release the lord had promised him and that reminded me of revelation 2 verse 10 do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. I'll go on to applications.
0: Sure. So just in summary there, I just said so we're all getting it. Vanya, young Christian, comes to Christ uh, officially at 16, though he was, he was raised in this rare Baptist family. And he joins the Red Army, you're saying, and that's where his attestation of miracles that were done in his life were um, eventually taken up by superiors that didn't like him, that guy Melson, and they not only arrested him, but tortured him to death at the end. So he died, never renouncing the name of God and being the source of several people's salvation, as we'll discuss in a little bit. Sure. All right. Go on to your application.
1: All right, here's another excerpt. <clears throat> um, here's another superior of Moiseev Morbany, but Zel-, uh, Zel Zelivako was not finished. He was saying It is evident that you resist teaching Moiseyev and the advice of your superiors. That is a concern to me. You are in need of a lesson. Since you are fond of praying on your knees, I shall give you an opportunity for constructive socialist labor in that position. You are to wash the barracks drill hall and all the corridors on your knees with a bucket and a brush. You will work all night. Perhaps an exercise of this nature and before your comrades might help uh, to persuade you to be teachable. You will have opportunity to consider, if you wish, to cling to your anti-Soviet views. Dismissed. Strelkov stood smartly to attention, saluting Captain Zelovako. The matter had been brought to a satisfactory conclusion. A good feeling passed briefly between the two men as Moiseev saluted and left the room. Such degrading labor would teach Moiseyev what knees were for. Before the pale December sun had climbed halfway to the top of the frozen sky, the news of the of a believer in the unit had passed through the whole company. Smiles appeared as the so, as the story spread from a man uh, from them, with heads shaking or shoulders shrugging in amusement or disinterest. Fast upon the first story came the second, that the politruk, one of the officers, had set Moiseyev scrubbing the enormous barrack hall uh, with a small hand brush and a bucket incredibly he was in good humor singing and smiling as he worked in spite of continuous interruptions by officers who called him into their offices to harass him by lunch soldiers were drifting into the hall on their way to the dining rooms watching him work listening to the quiet hymns he sang with such evident joy he was a mystery
0: interesting that is an interesting i you wonder, uh, so you don't know how God calls people. Particularly, um, sounds like this guy said that he heard God's voice, or at least had his feeling to go and join the Red Army. Such a hostile place for him. But regardless of all that, um, how that was happening, or whatever, when he was there, um, and then they would single him out for his faith, he was a, a greater witness when he was attacked. Which is a common phrase, especially in phases, uh, places like this, phases of countries that happen like this, where there is persecution in the church, that. Um, a glass vessel like the church can be shattered yeah. but its glass goes everywhere the more and more you try to stamp it out so the fact that they were so desperately trying to break the last vestiges of glass of the tiny kind of crappy church of Moldavia um, this was a true piece of glass they were trying to shatter and it was actually spreading it to the troops there as a witness because otherwise they might have been like okay there's a believer among us whatever but here they are all getting incentivized to go see the believer act out his faith because of the lesson his superior officers are trying to show him so praise god
1: right amen and i guess i should clarify i put this in the applications because it shows like the joy of the joy of the lord basically and working for him and not for your earthly master because obviously you can you can only work so hard for an earthly master but you can work infinitely better, um, or with more joy for God. Mm -hmm. And here's a quick, um, quote, uh, regarding that as well. It says often in fitness drills, in classroom lectures, in military training sessions, he prayed, Lord, let me excel in this. Let me be a good soldier for your glory. So that's something we can all basically apply to our lives in whatever field that we want to excel at and want to glorify god at
0: and i think important to note here too if we're taking him as a, a sample of what the lord is gifting in the young man's life who's going to die soon uh he was working for a totally ungodly masters and most of us today work for totally ungodly masters you know our, our businesses are not anything particularly godly mine is a marketing business run by ungodly men and uh, we all all here on this call at least work for ungodly masters the fact that Um, Not only was this guy, Vanya, this martyr, called to go back to such a hostile, openly hostile environment. Not only was it hostile to him, it was also an evil organization. The Red Army was used for oppression of people and general waste of state funds. And it's just a a corrupt system. Not super unlike the U.S. military, but I would say profanely more evil than the U.S. military. Um, So that he would be blessed by God and being able to be a, quote unquote, good soldier um, and able to do the fitness drills, able to clean um, just as a witness to his fellow soldiers, even amongst a a atheist, anti-God organization, shows us and applies to our lives, because we also work for ungodly masters, which we could be incentivized to not do good work in an attempt to undermine our masters, or just because we know it's not the mission of God, because it's just marketing, it's just sales, it's just engineering, or whatever it might be. But the Bible calls us, God's word calls us to work as if we work for the Lord, like you just said, Theodore. So we can be a witness by our good work, um, not only growing ourselves, but also being able to witness to our fellow employees by doing good work as if we work for the Lord wherever we are, regardless of the master.
1: And then um, this last one related to applications is adjacent to uh, when they were talking about the um infringing upon freedom of other citizens so it says why couldn't moiseev understand yvonne tried to explain to the polit officers that the men in his unit often asked him about christ if they wanted to know about salvation where was the law that said he could not answer their questions how could he refuse them all believers are to be witnesses and if it were not a command of christ to share his love how would it be possible to hide the joy that men that met Ivan at every turn a leaf falling from the frozen sky was God's touch. The sudden remem- remembrance of a forgotten scripture was God's voice. The blasts of wind spoke of God's power, the moon, his beauty, the strength of his own body was God's strength poured into him. So this just shows our responsibility to be witnesses of that, which God has shown us. Um, and really to be grateful and appreciative um, of all these things and remembering scripture, memorizing scripture. Um, yeah. And worshiping the creator of all that is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Philippians 4 8 kind of goes on to this as well. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things.
0: Indeed. Amen.
1: All right. Anything before I read some of the miracles in his life?
0: Nope. Just as a review, we've got 1960s Moldavia. There's a gentleman, young man from a Baptist family, one of the rare few, Decides to join the military, Vanya Ivan, I'm forgetting his last name too.
1: Ivan Moiseev.
0: Moiseev. Many, many names he might go by, Moiseev, Ivan, or Vanya, his nickname. But he's a witness. Um, we've not only seen his impact and how that might be a lesson to us, how God used this young man even post his death and during his short life, but he also has some particular miracles that you're going to talk to us about here That probably are what really hoist his name around and why he's even got a biography about
1: him. Definitely. Um, And I'm not going to read them all because that'd take too much time and you need to read the story uh, if you're interested, but I'll still read some pretty major ones. Um, And I'll try to read them fast. Because some are more than one page. All right. So this one is when he was sentenced to stand out in the cold. Um, AKA, oh gosh, it's, I thought I said negative 13 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 25 or something like that, maybe with wind chill. Okay, yep. He had to stand out there um, at night and it ended up being for five hours, 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. or something like that. So at first the cold was a shock, slamming into his face, face with an impact that left his head aching and his eyes full of water. He recoiled from the icy wind that burned at his ears. He knew faces at the dark. Uh, he knew faces at the darkened barracks windows would be peering into the street. The moon lit the road and the snow banks against the buildings. He stiffed. Uh, he stiffened against the freezing blast, uh, glancing at his watch. It was one minute after 10 o'clock 10 p.m he would have a long time to pray he began haltingly a slow fear rising in him that he tried to push away how long could he stand out here what if he became so cold he gave in what if he froze to death would they let him freeze to death he tried to concentrate on praying but a panic constricted his chest how long would it take to freeze to death would it be quick What if he were almost frozen by morning, but revived? He had heard the pain of frozen limbs was terrible. What if they had to amputate? He had to get his mind off of it. He began to sing. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Suddenly, the glory of the morning revisited him. He looked at the park in the central square, distant in the moonlight, but visible. An angelic light seemed to linger upon him. Do not be afraid, I am with you, the angel's words. Um, And I guess context, he he was spoken to an angel before. So this is just um, um, calling back his memory um, or realization that it is that angel. Um, So do not be afraid, I am with you, the angel's words. They had been for tonight, even the warmth of those moments seemed to resettle upon him. Fervently, Ivan opened his mouth and softly began to pray. It was 1230 when his attention was distracted by the crunching of steps in the snow. Bundled in their great coats, three officers slowly were making their way toward him from the barrack. Their voices were gruff and almost blown away by the wind. Well, Moiseyev, have you reconsidered? Are you ready to come in? Have you had enough of standing out here? Even in the moonlight, Ivan could see that they were looking at him with a measure of apprehension. Was it possible that he was warm? Thank you, comrade officers. I w- <laughs> oh goodness. I would like very much to come in and go to bed, but I cannot agree to remain silent about God. Then you're gonna stand out here all night long? Each of their faces was twinged with fear. I'd rather not, but I don't see how anything else is possible, and God is helping me." Yvonne was rubbing his hands with his fingertips as he stood at attention. Excitement shook his voice. His hands were cold, but no colder than they had been while dressing in the barracks. He tentatively wiggled his toes. They moved easily without discomfort. A feeling of astonishment grew in him. He looked at the officers in excitement. He could see that even in their coats they were cold they were stamping their feet and slapping their hands shifting their weight impatient to return to the heater in the barracks he would feel differently in another hour the senior officer mumbled as they wheeled away Ivan couldn't resist a wondering laugh soon the surge of relief subsided and a feeling of brokenness took its place he was no better than any of the young people in his congregation at home his parents had suffered in difficult situations for years he knew of pastors who had been questioned arrested even sent to prison camps yet he was touched again and again by god's direct power and deliverance something in him pulled away from such magnificent singling out he didn't want to be special he didn't deserve miracles and mysteries he ought to be freezing He wasn't good enough, hot tears rimmed his eyes. By three o'clock in the morning, he was dozing on his feet. His prayers of repentance were long over his intercessions for all the believers he knew he had made over and over. He had sung Christmas carols. He had prayed for every officer he knew and knew of. He had cried out to God on on behalf of the men in his unit, but gradually his mind seemed to be floating somewhere outside of his head. As much as he tried to command prayer, it eluded him. Suddenly a voice in his ear startled him fully awake. The senior officer on duty was speaking gently. All right, Moiseyev, you are to come inside. The moon had uh, set and the wind died down. And in the pitch black, Ivan strained to see his face. The officer hesitated, standing still beside Ivan. The yellow light from the barracks caught in the gold oak leaf insignia of his hat. His voice was intense. What kind of person are you, sir? (laughs) What kind of person are you that the cold does not bother you? Ivan also spoke softly. Oh, comrade, I'm a person just like you, but I prayed to God and was warm. The officer turned and began walking very slowly back to the barracks, touching Ivan's arm as a signal to accompany him. Tell me about this God, he said.
0: Oh, That's God. the first. That's an interesting mm-hmm. Yeah. I assume he was not clothed. I assume he was naked out there or something?
1: Right, yeah. So they ordered... Sorry. Uh, I believe this is the second time that they had him uh, stand outside hmm. um, in the winter cold, freezing. And they told him to put on his summer clothes.
0: Okay, yeah. So he was not in so That is the same.
1: Exactly. He was not wearing a great coat, mm-hmm. as it says the officers were. Um, and then this is a really unique one. Um, let's see, this is a conversation that was had. This is a, they were all in class waiting for the instructor, but the instructor was late. So somebody, um, struck up a conversation saying, um Vladimir started it off. All right, Ivan, who is your God? Ivan's pleasure at what looked like an opportunity to preach uh, to the class was short lived. My God, he began, is almighty and all powerful. <laughs> and then in the middle of the room a sergeant from Armenia coughed on his cigarette and stamped impatiently on the floor. He groaned in exasperation. Just a minute, Moiseyev, your God is all powerful? Yes. He can do anything? Yes. The sudden change in the sergeant's eyes was in, unmistakable. The soldiers stared in enjoyment. <laughs> and then the sergeant says, if your God is all powerful and can do anything, prove it. Murmurs of assent uh, came from all corners of the room. Yvonne's life had awakened disturbing questions in many minds. The sergeant spoke loudly. If your God can do anything, let him give me leave tomorrow to go home. Then I'll believe him fair enough vladimir exclaimed here would be something scientific black and white yes or no leaves were rare there would be nothing inconclusive and mysterious about a contest like this responses to the challenge came quickly yes ivan uh, vasilievich oh that's uh his middle name um sometimes they use the first and middle name i believe um
2: Yes, out of politeness, you always, when saying mister something, you always use a patronymic to to replace the word mister. First name and patronymic.
1: okay. Good. So, That's yes, Ivan the Bes- book right there.
0: Thanks for smashing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the context. So I wasn't stranded here alone, uh, pondering this in my mind while reading. Okay. Yes, Ivan Vasilievich. I've listened to you. Up to now, everything you've said sounds like fairy tales. But if your God gives uh, Pyotr Alexandrovich uh, Prokhorov a leave, then we'll believe there is a God in the sky. Right. If your God does it, we will believe that he is a living God and can do everything. Most certainly. Let your God prove himself. Then uh, even we will believe. Gazing at the excited men, Ivan prayed fervently in his spirit. The soldiers waited, gradually absor- uh, sobered by the earnest struggle they could see in Ivan's face. Lord, can this be from you? Will you be tempted by men? What they ask, is this right, Lord? Come on, Ivan. Vas- uh, I just won't say that. Come on, Ivan. <laughs> Let's prove your living God. The sergeant shifted uneasily in his chair. Somehow the challenge was being taken too seriously. Suddenly, Ivan thought of the Old Testament contest between the prophets of Baal and Elijah. Um, With a new inward quietness, he asked again for direction. Unmistakably, the words came into his consciousness, tell them I will do this. Every eye in the room stared as Ivan answered. His voice had an assurance that astonished the men. Turning to the sergeant, he spoke clearly enough for every person to easily hear his reply. Tomorrow, the Lord says, you will go home on leave. Now you must do what I tell you, throw away your cigarette. The Sergeant obeyed and now pull the, uh, pull the pack out of your pocket. Uh, with an elaborate shrug, Prokhorov produced his pack of cigarettes, pulling himself up from the desk. He walked slowly to the heater and dropped the pack behind the red hot grate. In a moment, it flared up and burned brightly. For the f- first time, Yvonne noticed that a large crowd of sh- uh, soldiers had gathered at the two side doors of the lecture room, spilling over into the line around the walls of the room. A stillness like an invisible mist seemed to hang in the air. Finally, the spell was broken by the arrival of, the- of several breathless officers. The evening's class began. It wasn't until after taps, uh, I forget what that is, but it wasn't until after taps that Ivan was able to speak again with the Sergeant. He found him lying sleepless on his bunk, staring at the sprinkle of stars. He could see from the window nearby. The assurance of Yvonne's reply had unnerved him. He had been able to think of nothing else all evening. It was absurdity, but over and over he found himself in a state of excitement. He half believed that something might happen in the morning. There's much to talk about to you comrade ivan's voice was a whisper prokhorov uh raised himself on one elbow pulling his blanket over his shoulder why aren't you asleep moiseyev ivan smiled because there is much to talk to you about since you will become a believer tomorrow there are many things i must tell you you're crazy moiseyev why don't you go back to bed and you're going to get cold pyotr uh prokhorov squinted nervously at ivan in the dark the story of moiseyev standing all night in below zero De- December weather, flashed into his mind. He was reassured to see that Ivan carried his blanket with him and swept it around himself as he huddled on the end of Prokhorov's bunk. You said you would believe if God gives you leave tomorrow morning. Of course, many of us said we would believe, but it is for you, Pyotr Alexandrovich, that i going to do this miracle. I must tell you what the Bible teaches. In spite of a feeling of uneasiness, Prokhorov's interest was captured by the things Moiseev said. Never before had he heard such ideas spoken with such absolute conviction. conviction. The teachings of the Bible were a world away from the strange icons he had seen in museums or the bizarre stories he had been told about the Christian scriptures. Was it possible that the emptiness in himself he had long ago accepted as part of the human condition was a lo- was a longing for god as mostly said if god exists is there a prayer house in your city the sergeant was amused you mean for the old ladies anyway i do not think so it is not only old ladies who go many men many young people they will be able to help you i can find out for you some names of believers in your city but it'll take time the brethren in kirch will know there are people that believe like you do in Kirch um, and in my own city. Yvonne grinned suddenly, of course, and you are going to minister joy to them when you tell them what the Lord has done. What praises they will rise, how they will welcome you. Prokhorov felt intensely uncomfortable. In the meetings of believers, there will be some who have Bibles. At least uh, one of the pastors will have a Bible, probably most. Someone, sometime, will lend you scriptures to read, and they will suggest where to begin. I am sorry, I have no Bible to lend you. For the moment, you will have to believe what I say is true. I want to tell you all I can of what the Bible says. We must discuss the world and man and sin and God's plan for man's salvation. The night wore on and the, as the whispered monologue became a discussion. Two hours before uh, re- reveal, um Prokhorov stood and stretched quietly as Ivan ended a prayer. Moiseyev, my head is so full of ideas I may s- never sleep again. But thank you, comrade. Morning comes." At the sound of the bugle Ivan awoke immediately with a thrill of expectation. This would be a wonderful day. For once he was eager to uh, for the morning ordeal of long-distance running. Perhaps he might find Sergei and be able to tell him about Prokhorov. Sergei is a uh, another believer like um, Vanya that Vanya ministered to, and what the Lord had promised to do. But unexpectedly, there was uh, there was to be no morning drill for Ivan. The night delivery of bread had not been made. Ivan would leave for Kirch and pick up the bread supply that he would uh, that would be needed for breakfast. Ivan climbed into the cab of the small truck, singing as he turned the key in the ignition. When he pulled back into the base almost an hour later, he was surprised at a small commotion near the garages where the trucks were parked. Curiously, he jumped down from the truck and ran toward the crowd of soldiers milling about the gate. They were men from his own unit. Oh, excited shouting split the air. Ivan Vassilievich, comrade Prokhorov has left on leave. Prokhorov has gone. We have been waiting to tell you. The soldiers were gathering around Ivan eagerly. A general or a colonel had called their base from headquarters in Odessa with the Lord, with the order that Prokhorov uh, be given immediate leave to go home. He had departed 10 minutes after the phone call, running and leaping like a crazy man, jumping on the back of a mail truck that was leaving for the train. Vladimir pushed to the front of the crowd and grabbed Ivan's arm the officers came out when they saw us all laughing and cheering. We told them what happened last night at the political lecture. You should have seen their faces when, uh, we said everything had turned out. As you said, Vanya, major gedenko uh, Gidenko. That's one of the worst guys. I believe, uh, major Gidenko came out to see what was going on. And when we heard the story, he sent some soldiers off to the train to bring Prokhorov back again. They left in a spray of melting snow, skidding all the way to the front gates. They arrived at the train station to see the very end of the train disappearing into the distance. Prokhorov was gone. And then it goes on to, yeah, uh, I think gedenko and uh, Malson, Colonel Malson were the, Major gedenko Colonel Malson, were the main people trying to, Uh, reform per se um, Vanya and yeah I think that's uh, basically the end of that story
0: yeah and there's a lot more miracles like that I assume but those are some interesting uh, testimonies of God's work in Vanya's life and the life of his compatriots in the army Mm mm-hmm We'll Should I do another?
1: So he was assigned to go with uh, driving some trucks on a road, obviously. And one of the trucks uh, basically breaks down. Vanya gets under the truck to fix it. The truck rolls back, crushing his arm and part of his chest. Um, and then he ends up here. One of the doctors. Um, <laughs> The bread truck thing is pretty cool, but I will uh, refrain from uh, saying that as well. <laughs> that was like the last big miracle. So you got to read the book. Okay, so one of the doctors bent over him with interest, reading the question in his eyes. Her voice was kind. You have been transferred to Simphoropol uh, Military Hospital, Ivan Veselievich. Uh, her expression remained unchanged as she pulled the thermometer from under his arm. A nurse began bathing his face in cool water. He. He tried to suck the moisture from the cloth as it touched his lips. Smiling, she held a glass for him to drink. The slightest move seemed to fling open floodgates of pain. The shallowest breathing took enormous effort. His eyes followed her hand as the nurse set the glass down on the small table beside his bed. His right arm was lying outside the covers. He stared at it in astonishment. The whole hand and wrist and the part of the arm he could see, uh, not covered by a sling, was a dusky gray it seemed unattached to his body it was impossible for him to will the smallest move, movement in his swollen fingers with his left hand he reached through the pain and touched the right wrist and back of the hand it was ice cold the rest of his body was fiery hot with the nurse raising himself to half seated a position so his arm was going to be amputated and then a desperate rejection of the surgeon's words because uh, he was yeah he was gonna the arm was going to be amputated and his heart pounded against his injured lung he began to be horrified at the thought of his body without an arm hear my prayer O lord and let my cry uh for help come to thee do not hide thy face from me in the day of my distress incline thine ear to me in the day when i call answer me quickly that he was quoting a psalm and somehow ivan had to get out of bed he felt himself falling into a grief from which he could neither pray nor hope in a rush of anguish he heaved himself to the edge of the bed and threw his legs over to the side he staggered wildly for balance as pain blackened the room desperation gave him breath every eye in the room was fixed upon him in fear and astonishment i cry aloud with my voice to the lord i make supplication with my voice to the lord i pour out my complaint before him i declare my trouble before him When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, thou didst know my path. I cried out to the Lord, to thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Give heed to my cry for I am brought very low. A passing nurse stopped in the doorway and entered the room slowly. Bring my soul out of prison so that I may give thanks to thy name, for thou wilt deal bountifully with me. Guiding Ivan with her hand under his left elbow, the nurse moved him into bed. A great joy seemed to shake his body. Ivan smiled suddenly. Thou wilt deal bountifully with me. He remembered the nurse wiping his face with a wet cloth as he sank into a blessed darkness. It was six o'clock in the morning when he awoke. For several moments, Ivan lay motionless. Trying to hold onto the sweet uh, lightness of a dream, gradually he became aware that he was lying on his back instead of hunched on his uninjured left side. He, uh, his breathing was quiet. Cautiously, he took a deep breath. His arms were folded above his head, and he was able to gaze at the ward still wrapped in sleep. Um, quietly, he began to give praise to the Lord for the amor- enormous relief of his dream. He brought his right arm down carefully from behind uh, his head to his side it was perfectly whole the fingernails pink the flesh still slightly tanned from his work in the harvest fields with both hands he raised himself to this uh sitting position and got out of bed smiling in wonder at the reality of the dream he lightly punched his pillow and patted the side of his bed he waved one arm above his head playfully then the other with his uh, hands on his wrist he did a few deep bends in a supreme happy uh, in a supreme happiness he knelt in prayer at the end of his bed softly he, he whispered praises praise the lord praise the lord oh my soul i will praise the lord while i live i will sing praises to my god while i have my being the lord opens the eyes of the blind the lord raises up those who are bowed down the lord loves the righteous praise the lord eventually the man in the bed beside him began to moan Someone on the other side of the ward was struggling to reach a glass of water. Daylight streaked the slate-colored sky in the window. The lifelikeness of the dream amused Yvonne. With a sleepy sigh, he, cried, uh, he crawled into bed. He imagined himself floating into a delicious sleep. The day nurse reached mechanically for the thermometer in the drawer of Yvonne's table. He opened his eyes and gazed sleepily, sleepily at her. The, thermo- the thermometer remained suspended in the air as she stared fearfully at him. In an instant, she was gone. Rapid footsteps in the ward roused him a second time. The surgeon was standing beside the nurse. Some other doctors were hurry- hurrying into the room. Everyone appeared startled. Yvonne sat up defensively. What was happening? Suddenly a glory uh, rolled o- over him. He-, he had sat up. Uh, He stared at his hands in front of him. The sling lay on the top of his covers at the bottom of his bed. He began breathing deeply, entranced. He rubbed his hands together, then separated them in wonder. The doctor was frightened. He groped for words. The nurse backed slightly away from the bed. Finally, in a shaking voice, the doctor spoke. Shall I take your temperature, comrade Moiseyev? uh, Ivan flushed with happiness. Of course I don't need my temperature taken, comrade doctor. The surgeon continued to stare. uh, Finally, he put the medicine on the table. Hesitantly, his fingers probed Ivan's right hand. Gently lifting the sleeve of the hospital gown, he glanced at the arm. His eyes returning again and again to the radiance of Yvonne's face. I saw that you could not heal me. Yvonne noticed the, that the nurse's face was white and that she had been joined by a small crowd of astonished employees. And I turned to my heavenly doctor, who healed me last night. Look! With a grin, Yvonne pulled back the blanket and stood on the floor. Last night, I was very ill. My temperature was high. The nurse began to tremble as she nodded. Now I shall show you what my doctor... What my God can do. Ivan handed the thermometer to the doctor, who shook it down and placed it under Ivan's tongue. Some of his patients in the ward were gathering at uh, at the bottom of the bed. Others were calling softly from the bed, from bed to bed, uh, trying to discover and report what was going on. Okay, it's almost over. The doctor removed the thermometer. the The temperature is normal, Moiseyev. Obviously, however, please return to your bed. It was difficult for Ivan to comply. He wanted to jump to shout to fill the ward with the praises of God. When the small group of staff had finally gone, he raised himself on his elbow and began telling the electrified wards what God had done while he slept. And obviously this all gets back, the doctor, surgeon reports back to um, Vanya's superiors and they get, obviously, continually more mad at all the miracles that are performed
0: all right so god's working on big work and again short life short time span considering again it was four years 16 to 20 that this all would have happened
1: i'm not sure uh he might have i'm not sure he joined at 16
0: so it might have been even smaller 18 18. right it might have been just two
1: years Mm -hmm. that he was in the army
0: in any case, obviously the Lord using a man, and I think that we can all hope that our lives are used equally by the Lord. Uh, I trust that God's story is fantastic, better than we could envision it. So Vanya might have, and probably did, envision his life being longer. He probably didn't think um, 20-year-old martyrdom. He was probably thinking a lifelong cool pursuit of God, but God's up to bring him home at 20. And so what do you think mm-hmm. the overall impact is then here, Cedar of Vanya's short life? Um, dramatized here in this biography but the actual facts of his life uh, should have on us today we've already talked about some of the political implications um, of the gospel and how we hold the God instead of man and how it has uh, hurt Moldavia back in the day and yet God's will still prevailed and here in Moldavia sits non-communist today what, what do you think the impact should be of Vine's story to us today or, or Vine's story on impact on the people that knew him
1: right Um, obviously it's heartbreaking, like the way that he died, but, um, seeing his faith, it just encourages, um, and is a testimony and really backs us up and grounds our faith even further. Um, how much God can and will do for us, um, and how much he will do for his glory. And for the sake of all who are to come to him, um, and really in situations that like that, when you don't, um, become weak in your faith and your representation of God and Jesus Christ, um, then people, your superiors, your opposers, they start to recognize because you can say whatever you want, um, but people are going to look at your, the example you lead because we follow Christ. We are called Christians, which is obviously, a was originally a derogatory term, uh, that means little Christ. Um, but indeed people look to us as little Christs basically, mm-hmm. and, um, our actions, our testimonies, our stories are standing up for God. Um, gives God more credibility in the eyes of atheists and doubters. Um, And I want to read a little quote from page 143. Mm -hmm. Vanya's body had been brought back to his family and Joanna, his mother um, was talking with uh, one of the leader or a colonel um yeah his mother was talking with the colonel Uh, uh, he lowered his voice even further and spoke haltingly i was present when your son died he fought with death he died hard but he died a christian the word hung in the stuffy outer office. Joanna gazed in stupefaction at the Colonel Had she understood what an incredibly strange thing for an officer in the red army to say. So the fact that, uh, one of the officers in the red army actually acknowledged mm-hmm. that he was a Christian and that he even said that, um, was baffling to his mother. Because obviously that's not something that um, an officer or colonel in the Red Army would ever say. They'd just say, yep, he died. He was drowned.
0: Yeah, Admitting essentially Mm -hmm. they tortured him and this guy clearly knew what they were killing him for and that was being a Christian.
1: Right. And I won't read this, but um, I can if you want. I won't. Um, If you get in the last 50 pages of the book. So the first 150 pages is the story. And then the last uh, 50 is the more like firsthand accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also cl- includes letters from soldiers, this specific one, um, letter from four soldiers in the red army. And it gives their name and the city they're from, um, they're writing to, uh, Yvonne's family, um, basically saying that, they're still going strong. Um, and one of the things that they wrote in the letter is the enemy thought he would close Vanya's mouth, but he did not reckon that by this act, he will open thousands of mouths. Yes. The mouth of one courageous soldier was closed, but our mouths are not closed. We are continuous, continuously carrying the news of salvation to all who are perishing. Um, we are telling everybody how God revealed his power and miracles. Um, yeah. And they go on.
0: And, yeah. And like we had said in the middle of the episode, isn't that the way it works? Like the enemy or human or spiritual try to smash the glass that is the church. And it just usually spreads Dying. farther, depending on if it's genuine glass <laughs> or if it's fake. You know, so the Eastern Orthodox Church might have died, but um, God rose up his own people for his own purposes there, like Vanya. And uh, we pray today that it continues to grow, because the Eastern Orthodox Church, and Sebastian, maybe you can give some commentary here, is now back in full-fledged force and percentages, I think, amongst the East. Of course, the Eastern countries are still also heavily atheist, um, but we don't believe that the Eastern Orthodox Church has the gospel. And so the same kind of situation applies, the same dearth of spiritual um, goodness and the gospel apply today as it did under the Soviet Union, minus some of the intense persecution.
2: In all its splendor, the (laughs) Eastern governments now embrace the great Eastern Church, and a lot of the people identify with it, you know, pretty much like how in Denmark or Sweden, you were born into the Church of Denmark or Sweden, Mm -hmm. now you're less dramatic, but still you're Russian, you're Orthodox, you're Ukrainian, you are Orthodox. And same in Moldavia, there's still a lot of, and Romania, a lot of Orthodox people there. I would say it's a little bit more drastic now, because at least in his time, in Ivan's time, you knew who the Christians were, you know who the Soviets, the Communists, the god hate the actual, like, expressly, vocally, God-haters are. Now, what you have in Russia, Moldavia, in Belarus, and Ukraine, and whatnot, you have the government and now their state church that does whatever they please they get they give money to each other you know they pat each other on the back all that stuff but they're, that church is claiming to be the true church of Christ but by their deeds and beliefs you know they're not so I would say the situation is a little bit more uh, urgent now to pray and evangelize to the people of Russia, Ukraine, Moldova and friends, because there is a people there, a hierarchy that's claiming we are the real church. You guys are not. They are excluding Baptists, they're excluding Methodists, Lutherans from really evangelizing, from proclaiming the good news to people. Ironically, they're, they're as Christians as I am Buddhist, so they are Orthodox Church. So And could you say? Please
0: yeah could you give a summary sebastian if you're willing or able to of what what the real gospel is and why the eastern orthodox church doesn't share it specifically because of course they claim to believe in christ which many people think constitutes all of christianity it's just believing in god and believing that jesus is the son of god but we would say they missed the key aspect of the gospel
2: yes i would say officially the eastern orthodox church ceased to to be christian when they ratified the synod of bethlehem the synod of yasi which is also in Moldavia. So I find this very appropriate in the 1640s. And they pretty much rejected the tenets of the Reformation. They bashed on Calvinism, as you do, you know, same with Roman Catholics. Mm -hmm. And they emphasized that you are saved by faith and works. So it's not your faith in Christ, it's not the power of Christ that saves you. But it's also your own efforts, your own uh, cooperation with God that saves you, which is... Uh, Not to get into too much detail, you know, Pelagianism, Pelagianism, semi-Pelagianism. And because they say, you are going, you are actually working for your salvation. You will go to church Mm -hmm. to be saved. You go to the liturgy to experience God, to feel God, to to feel the Holy Spirit in church. And that's what saves you. So, and they, again, that's what they preach. They're married to the state. And they're very political, whatever uh, Vladimir Putin tells the the patriarch in Moscow to do or to say, priests are more than happy to preach politics at church. And the people are going there, all the grandmas, as you read from the excerpt, they go there to feel God, not to learn and become Christ-like, so... They really do need to hear the gospel of Christ, which is to repent, believe, trust in him alone, just Christ alone. He is the ultimate sacrifice. He is the atonement for sins, not in ourselves. Otherwise, why would he have to come? Why would he even bother dying on our behalf if we could on our own work progress towards salvation? Mm -hmm. It is in him alone that you trust. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are restored, redeemed to be from an enemy of God to now a child, a son, a daughter of God.
0: Amen. How did I do? Mm-hmm. That's, that was a good summary. Amen. Yes. Alright, great. Wait, That's
2: 2,000 years of Eastern Orthodoxy summarized right there in
0: that's why we have you on, yeah. Because I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you, I could just set up the question. Well, hopefully, enjoy it again. A different episode than normal. It was more of a, a summary of what life looks like under communism, particularly in Romania or not Romania, Moldavia, right <laughs> above Romania, and the life of a particular believer, martyr Vanya, in the Iron Curtain, Moldavia country and how that might impact our lives today we might talk politics in the u.s in the future this was not really an episode about the u.s politics It was really just an examination of how god used a particular man and how that might apply to us so thank you for watching and that whole gospel message was why we have found our cause in serving the very same lord jesus christ thanks for listening i've been michael the man behind the machine into my virtual front at first has been
1: Peter.
0: No. <laughs> both of them uh and i've been michael if you want to see the rest of our episodes you can go to foundcause.podbean.com and tell them all audio only for your listening pleasure but if you want to see our beautiful faces live and in person for the story session you can go to facebook.com forward slash found cause or youtube and search us up there Foundcause. we we're also on itunes spotify wherever we find you podcasts until next time we do a reaction video and talk about something completely different thanks for listening bye-bye